0: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
5: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall.
4: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Ah, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go. Put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off.
7: This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
6: There's nothing like some good old-fashioned spite to give us a great history story. And the best spite out there is long-lasting spite. Spite that's been simmering for a long time. Now, don't get me wrong. As we've talked about before, there's nothing appealing about bitterness to be around. I hate, I hate women. After my second divorce, this is boring. Take that off of Facebook. Shut up, ladies. You too. Ah, oh, men are such trash. Just, just keep that stuff to yourself. B- bitterness is boring. But I'm talking generational spite that turns into open combat. It's not fun to be around. No one wants to, like, hang with that person. But, man, it does make for a cool story. Let's rewind, even though this is kind of an American story. We're going to go way, way, way pre-America, briefly, to England. Let's go 1100s. They are starting to really flex their muscle on the world stage, starting to. This is not the height of the British Empire, you know, the Navy ruling the seas, so on and so forth. But they're starting to rise. You know how this works, especially in this time period. There's Britain, France, Spain, all these things. We're approaching the age of exploration where they're going to get out on those big old sailboats and they're going to go start flexing their muscle out there. And they set their sights on Ireland. And why wouldn't they set their sights on Ireland? After all, you start small, you start close, you start local. You don't wake up one day in England and say, you know, I bet India is ripe for the picking. You start close. And they start muscling their way into Ireland. Now, the Irish, yes, I obviously, with the last name of Kelly, that is my heritage. Let me clarify, though, I'm not going to do a Homer show today, a super pro-Irish show, simply because I wasn't raised in that way. It's obviously my heritage, but I'm not going to want to do those, oh, look at the Irish things. I, I was never I was never taught anything about Ireland. We were never, we didn't have an Irish accent. We didn't talk about going back to the home country. I've never done Ancestry.com. I don't know anything about it. All I know is I was from a blue-collar Rust Belt town where the Irish often ended up, and my last name is Kelly. So I'm sure there's all kinds of potato famine history there. I just don't know it. I want to make sure I'm being real clear about who I am. That said the Irish really, really, really did well for themselves when it comes to resisting the English. And I don't mean a temporary resistance. Hundreds and hundreds of years, the Irish created real problems for England. They had a different culture than English than England's culture, it, it was and is distinctly different. They did not want to be part of England's culture. They couldn't really fight them off militarily, though they tried several times. And England, you know, we always have to look from every perspective we can. In England's mind, these freaking Irish are a huge pain in the rear end. These savages will not just come to heel. They won't do what they're told. They are a constant problem. And I can't stress enough how long this went on. It wasn't one of these, we all show up for a weekend political rally and then, ah, i bored, let's go back home thing. Remember, I said about the 1100s, the British start ruling them? Our story's going to take place in the 1840s. Hundreds of years, the Irish are a problem. And there are more conflicts in those hundreds of years than I can go into, but just know. There are huge things that take place continuously. England is really trying to, and you'll have English people deny this to this day. Some won't, some will. But look, the Irish thought so. And you look at what they did. It sure seemed like England was really trying to eradicate the Irish. Now, that's such a difficult that's such a difficult concept because as soon as you start using words like genocide or eradicate, how many things go through your head? Lots of them and they're terrible, right? You're Now it's Pol Pot in the killing fields. You're marching Jews into the gas chamber. You, as soon as you start using things like eradicate, that's what people think. That's not necessarily what England did. They tried to do it more nicely. Well, no, I mean, we're not going to march you off and shoot you all in the back of the head. But look, that land you have, I know you're an Irish Catholic. You own some land. That's cool, right? Good for you. I'm glad you own that land. Yeah, you're not allowed to pass that down to your Irish Catholic son. Sorry. Oh, don't get me wrong. If you have a Protestant somewhere in your family, he can have that land. Your Irish Catholic son. No, no. No, he's not allowed to have it. They started losing things like voting rights. You don't have any representation. They lose burial rights. Oh, your your mother died and and how we all know the how how the Irish are about tradition. I mean, they're like the Jews. They really are. They're a big traditional people. You know how Jews have so many cool traditions. The Irish are that way too. I'm not an expert on it, but they have really cool traditions. And plus Irish Catholic, Catholics have cool traditions too. There's just going to, there are going to be traditions that come with that. Burial rites are a big deal. Now, because I care about nothing, I don't care what you do with my body after I'm done. Just chuck me in the ditch for all, I'm, all I like here. But other cultures, many cultures, most cultures, how you leave the world, how your body resides the rest of the time in the world is a big deal. What's the Jewish thing, Chris? Do you guys have some kind of you people have some kind of special burial, cremation, or something like that? You want to have your ashes spread over a bank or t- oh, I'm quit kidding. What, Chris? Seriously, what do you talk? What do you do? Do you is it cremation? Is it cremation or you do cremate in your family? I don't. I, okay, for some reason I thought there would have been gravestones there. You you do have gravestones. You just for oh see that's cool. I bet and I bet there's a rabbi there in a cool ceremony. I'm assuming right of some kind. Yeah, yeah. And that's most cultures. Most cultures have something cool like that. And I've always thought those are fascinating. I just don't have one. But it is a big deal to people. It's a very big deal to people. The Irish had it too. The Irish were denied burial rights, and then. In the year 1845, the potato crop fails. Now, let me clarify why this turns into such a monumental big deal. The potato crop fails. The Irish, because they had been phased out of owning large parts of land, mostly only could farm small little plots on someone else's land because the English were constantly buying up and giving away Irish lands to other people, their lords and things like that. So the Irish, now you used to, oh, I know you used to have a big plot of land in your family, and maybe you had some cattle and things like that. Congratulations, now you have a tiny little lot out back, um, and I own it, so you're also going to pay rent on it. But just grow whatever you need to survive, not my problem. And they grew potatoes in droves. That was really, I I mean, look, potatoes are heavy. Potatoes provide you with great, well, I mean, I shouldn't say great nutrition. They provide you with the ability to live without much. Understand? Hang on. Stalky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain. That's why I go with CBD. Are you suffering from anxiety? Headaches? I mean, these are things that plague us all. I want natural solutions. Doctors Trusted CBD has researched the entire CBD industry to find the best and highest quality CBD. That's why they teamed up with B-Best Organics. They actually hold a certificate of analysis, and they're made in the United States of America. Please stop buying garbage CBD from garbage sources. You have a trusted one sitting right in front of you. Go to doctorstrustedcbd.com. That's doctorstrustedcbd.com. Use the promo code Jesse for free shipping and 10% off. Chris and I had an entire discussion about burial rights off. He said that Jews do not spread the ashes around. That's not a Jewish thing. Spreading the ashes around? I think that's a cool tradition. Uh, okay. Oh, I did not realize that producer Christian said there are Jews who don't do the whole cremation thing because of World War II. Which is obviously under. That's obviously the understatement of the year to say that's understandable. I always like the spreading of the ashes thing. I wonder what Buddhists do or Muslims do. Somebody, Somebody's all about keeping the body together. And no, don't, don't send me emails about the ancient Egyptians. I know somebody's about keeping the body together. All right, I'm not going to get distracted. Back to my story. 1845, potato crop fails. If you're Irish, there's a great chance... You live on potatoes, period. End of story. And when I say live on potatoes, I mean live on potatoes. And when I say good chance you live on it, I mean a huge portion of the Irish population was poor and lived on potatoes. Now the potato crop fails. The Irish are starving to death. When this thing is done, this potato famine is done, just so you understand the scale we're talking about here and the spite that is already there. Remember, pre-potato famine, there's hundreds of years of spite built in. And remember, there's always a religious thing, too. Obviously, we love to joke about all that stuff on this show, but there's a real Catholic-Protestant problem here, big time, big time. They're not pleased with each other. Put it mildly. So there's all this spite built in. Now potato crop fails. One million Irish people die. Remember I said starving to death? I didn't mean 50 or 60. A million of them die. Two million of them have to flee the country. A million of those go to America. We'll get to that in a second. That's actually where we're going. But part of the reason the Irish, I know what you're thinking right now, well, how's that the British's fault? Well, if you're the Irish, um, they've taken all your land. Now your potato crop fails. Now in your time of need, and this is a big time oversimplification, but the English aren't helping. They're not starving over in England. They're doing fine. You're right next door. We're technically a colony. Why are you not dumping truckloads of food on us every single day? And not only is England not feeding the Irish, they're still exporting food to other nations as part of trade agreements they have. So think about this if you're Irish. One million of your countrymen die, your family members dead, you're burying people if you're even allowed to do so, and you go out at night and see English ships sailing by the shore full of food heading to other places. Do you think that would create an entirely new level of bitterness and spite. The Irish, many people to this day, but the Irish thought the English were trying to exterminate them from the planet. In their mind, this was a genocide. I know, Chris. Chris raised his hands like, "Well, I mean, what do you call it?" I, I know. Look, I don't. It does sound like I'm trying to defend the English. I'm not. I just, I don't want to make it out to be, like I said, I don't want to make it out to be Pol Pot in the Killing Fields, but. Is starving people better than shooting them in the back of the head? In all seriousness. So, remember those million people? I told you heading to America. Remember, two million left, a million go to America. The Irish get to America and they find, in their minds, well, in in reality too, a lot more of the same. A lot more of the same. As you know, we make insensitive jokes about religion and race and things like that on this show. However, the jokes are only funny because they're uncomfortably true at one point in time. At one point in time, this was the dumb stereotype of this or that. And the Irish show up in America in droves. I mean, part of the problem isn't really the Irish I'm sure there was, there was a problem there, too, with some of them. Part of the problem is the numbers. Whenever you mass import another culture into a nation, it's going to create real animosity and resentment and fear. It simply doesn't work. It's terrible for a country. However, if you're America, you're going to let a million Irish people starve? I mean, you think about the excuses they make to bring in refugees here today. These people are starving to death. You're going to tell a million people, sorry, turn your boat around, have fun in the Atlantic. Of course you're not. We start taking in the Irish and they're running into all kinds of anti-Irish bigotry here in America. That's one thing we don't talk about near enough because, look, the Irish people aren't still whining about it today. Let's just be honest. But the Irish... Boy, they experienced, I mean, there are signs, you've seen this in movies, Irish need not apply. People wouldn't hire the Irish. People didn't want to live around the Irish. People didn't like Catholics a lot here. Remember, this is a Protestant country. I realize we have tons of Catholics here, and that's fine, but we were founded by Protestants. Protestants, I mean, that was the ruling religion of the day. It was. And, again, Protestants and Catholics, which I always found amusing because I was never in the middle of it. I'm not a Catholic. I'm, I'm a Protestant, but I always found it so weird how much they hated each other. They've killed each other in droves, man. In droves, they've killed each other. And the Irish get here and they are not welcomed with open arms, to put it mildly. Paid the worst, having to find various little gigs where they will get hired. They start, they start getting jobs as members of the police force. That's where you get a lot of that Irish pig, you know, that that talk, a lot of that Irish. Well, that created resentment too. See, here's here's something else you need to realize. Michael Malice always makes people mad. He, my regular guest on Monday when he comes on the show and talks about how absurd it is that we revere law enforcement. Because, look, I love law enforcement. And I disagree with him on that, but that's fine. But he does make a solid point in this And that the American, the current American reverence for cops does not translate to the rest of the world. And it doesn't even translate to American history. Your local cop back in the 1850s was not some neighborhood hero at all. He was not well thought of. Now, there were cops who were, but there were so many cops who weren't. It just was not, it was, oh, wow, son, make sure you go thank him for your service. There was not, that that was not happening. So that creates even more resentment for the Irish. Civil war comes. These refugees, remember, just got here. This famine was in the 1840s, 1845, and the Civil War pops up. The Irish, they have something called the fenian brotherhood f e n i a n i don't want to make it sound like it was just an american thing it was really it was in ireland it was it was there and it sprouted off of one of the various failed revolutions where the irish tried to cast off the english and this fenian brotherhood was not some tiny little terror cell in a mud hut we're talking 300,000 men strong And the Fenian Brotherhood, those who were in America, they decide they're going to come up with a plan. Part of that plan is this. We are going to join the cause of the Civil War. We are going to get out of this a few things, a few very specific things. Hang on. irish at least the fenian brotherhood irish come up with a plan their plan is this look Let's get involved in the Civil War. Sounds insane to you and I, but here was their thinking. One, war means food, steady food. War means money, steady money. War means acceptance, a greater chance of acceptance into American society. All these things completely understandable, and all these things have been reasons people have joined the cause of war since the beginning of time. It's not as if you get rich in the military. You eat. You eat three square meals a day. You and I may take that for granted that we get three square meals a day now. Maybe you're in a position in your life where you don't take it for granted. If you're in that spot, let me tell you what. You're eating once a day, maybe one and a half. I I can join the military and they'll feed me three times a day. A lot more appealing than you think. Roof over your head, a little cash in your pocket. And to be accepted into the country to prove their patriotism. I don't want to act like Americans were these evil, racist scumbags who despised all the Irish for no reason, though. There's always a flip side to that coin, and I despise that Americans have always been evil. One, people in every society in the history of mankind, of every race, religion, country, whatever it may be, have disliked the mass importation of people from another country. Understandably so. Do you like it when people show up at your house with 10 people for dinner? One person shows up, okay. 10 or 20 show up, now I feel like you're intruding on what's mine and frankly taking it over. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong, with having a spirit inside of you that's protective of your culture, of your country. You should care enough about your culture and your country to want to protect it. Now, again, that doesn't mean you go turning away a million starving refugees. I'm not saying we were wrong for taking them in. I just hate this modern American history that we always present of America, America, and Americans have always sucked and they've always been racist and this was evil. Look how bad we treated the Irish. Look, we had a lot of poor Americans too, a lot of poor Americans too who were born here. You're a poor American, you're born here, you see a million Irish people flooding into your country, undercutting you on jobs because they would work for less, understandably so. You're going to be upset. And you don't have to be judged by anybody for being upset about that. So there's my little disclaimer. I just don't I don't like that. America's always been racist. Buddy, you'd flip out if I showed up to dinner with 20 of my friends tonight at your house. And understandably so. It's your house. Also, the Irish joined because, you know, three hots in a cot. And they didn't know the Civil War was going to be that bad. Nobody knew the Civil War was going to be that bad. Now, people should have known. And there were, I mean, look, I shouldn't say nobody. A couple guys were out there warning it. The North, remember, the North had all the industry, all the money. I've told you before, the South's economy was one fifth the size of New York's. They thought this thing was going to be over in about five seconds. They didn't take into account a lot of things of this Southern rebel spirit. They didn't take into account the the, so many of our greatest generals went and fought for the South. They just they, they didn't take some of these things into account. And we were entering this new era of war where the weapons were better. The cannons were better. People didn't know the Civil War was going to be the Civil War when the Civil War started. And they dang sure didn't didn't think it was going to take four years. Lincoln thought it'd be over in months. But they joined for another reason, too. They joined because they want military training so they can go take on the British in Ireland. That's right. The Fenian Brotherhood, which was founded in 1858, I should mention, right before the Civil War. The Fenian Brotherhood, their intention, part of their intention in joining the Union Army is, teach me how to use a weapon. Teach me tactics. I'm going to fight the British when I get out of here. Now, remember, I said there are about 300,000 of these guys. They start plans, start tentative plans for their British invasion. Ha ha ha. Get that, Chris? Little music reference for you there. They start tentative plans for their British invasion. The British are not stupid. The British are extremely intelligent. One of the most accomplished countries in the history of mankind. The British find out about these frankly idiotic and insane and impossible plans to go fight Britain from America by the Irish they infiltrate it. They arrest everybody. They suspend habeas corpus, throw everybody in jail in Ireland. It just doesn't work. Well, remember, we are at hundreds of years of spite and bitterness here. We're at, I watched my mom die from starvation levels of bitterness here. Don't think that that was going to stop them. The Fenian Brotherhood, they look around and say, well, all right, we we can't get to britain we can't get to ireland don't really have the navy for that anyway don't have the money for that i mean canada's right there canada is right there what's gonna stop us from going and attacking that british colony in canada Let's backtrack just a brief moment here. Understand that the United States, we have attempted this exact same thing they attempted in Canada twice by this point in time. In the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, we had these dreams of causing this Canadian uprising so they would cast off the British and accept America, or, or even do their own thing. But we've tried this twice before, and failed twice before. These Canadians are not proving to be quite as pliable as we had hoped. However, the Irish, the Fenian Brotherhood, they do have a new aspect of their plan. One, and this is the normal one that everyone thinks, well, there are so many French people up there, the French will rise up and join us and toss off the British. And two... A bunch of Irish people went to to Canada. So they start thinking if we just invade, all these Irish people in Canada will rise up and fight with us. War ends, and we know this part to be true. President Andrew Johnson at the time... He meets with the Fenian Brotherhood. Remember when I told you this is not some small ragtag group? These guys are organized, intelligent. They have generals packed full of veterans. They get a meeting with the President of the United States of America. And they, now, this is where we get into the disputed part. The Fenians swear that they told Andrew Johnson, we're going to invade Canada. And Andrew Johnson says, oh, Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to help, but I'm certainly not going to stop. Please do. A lot of people believe the Fenians. Why? I'll tell you (laughs) why.
7: Truth. Attitude.
6: Jesse Kelly. You need an auto protection plan. Everybody needs an auto protection plan. I understand the hesitation to buy one. I don't like spending money either. I'm not quite as bad as producer Chris, but I don't like spending money either. Trust me on this. The first time something goes wrong in your car, and something will because something always goes wrong in them eventually, you will wish you had an auto protection plan. The costs these days of auto repair are just astronomical because the technology's through the roof. Something small, you go in and it's a grand, two grand to fix something. Who has that kind of money laying around? Go get a CarShield auto protection plan. They're the best. They'll take care of you. Go to CarShield.com. That's carshield.com. Don't forget, use the code JESSE. That actually saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. Doesn't hurt to get some weapons training. Now, I don't want to act like the plan went perfectly. They join the Union Army. The war goes on for four years, and lots of them die. Again, that's not exactly what they saw coming. Loss of life didn't normally happen on that scale in war. However, the back end of the war, they come out of it. They're now going to invade Canada. They check in President Andrew Johnson. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I appreciate it. Go ahead. They organized themselves. The plan, again, was to get the French and the Irish to rise up. They plan for 17,000 men to do this attack. They plan for a five-prong attack. I I don't want you to be under the impression this was some ragtag group of idiots who were planning on walking into some jerkwater city hall and holding them hostage until the British agreed to relent. They planned for 17,000 men. They planned for a naval crossing of Lake Erie. They, They planned for this. And there was so much planning for this. Everyone found out the Canadians found out the British found out. Obviously the Americans found out because they walked in the president's office and told him back to that briefly. Why would the president give kind of tacit approval in the beginning to this jab at the British People do not realize the animosity that had taken place in America from the revolution, clear through the war of 1812, clear into the Civil War. And the British during the Civil War were our enemy. And I don't mean slightly. The British, I mean I'm talking about from a northern perspective here. That's not fair to my to my people in the South, but from a northern perspective, British. Ports were building southern warships. That was taken as a very big deal, understandably, for the North. We got our hands on a British ship with two Confederate diplomats on board. We're talking on the brink of war kind of animosity by the end of the Civil War between us and England, and we demanded at the end of it, the North demanded, well, I guess it was all back to being one country, then the country demanded, uh, I am owed some reparations from you, pal, because the thinking was, and many people still think this to this day, but the thinking was, that should be noted, I don't think this, but it should be noted that the thinking was the South, they were traitors. They weren't, they weren't an opposing army. They weren't an opposing country. They were something worse than that. They were Judas Iscariot. These people were our own guys who were traitors and knifed us in the back. There were hardliners in the North who wanted to kill them all. They should all be on trial for war crimes and treason. I mean, it was that kind of thing. Well, what are you thinking about the country that helps the traitor? It was that kind of bitterness. It 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 was a hard slog to patch this country back together after that. My goodness, you still see the fighting about it today especially with these idiots who don't know anything about history. Oh, change the military base names, you moron. Half those bases were named that as a way to reach across the aisle and bring the country back together, which, of course, you're now trying to rip apart. Half the Republicans are too, a bunch of sissies. So that kind of animosity, you walk in the president's office and say, I think I'd like to go ahead and go kick the British in the groin in Canada, if you wouldn't mind. And the president says... Well, I'm not gonna send troops, but go give them hell. But once this thing becomes public, because of all the spies that infiltrated the Finian Brotherhood, now you've put the United States in America, of America in a bind. You see, the Canadians know about it. It's in the Canadian newspapers that this invasion's coming. I mean, that kind of know about it. Britain knows about it. Now everybody knows that we now know about it. It's one thing to wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm going to look the other way. You go ahead and you go, go get them. It's another thing when everyone knows, uh, are you aware that Irish people in your country are staging for an invasion of Canada? Are you going to allow that? Uh, diplomatically, politically, you can't allow that. I, I don't care how mad you are at Britain; you're in, you're invading a sovereign country. You can't you can't allow it. So the United States, knowing that this entire invasion force has disintegrated because of dissension in the ranks and spies, they broke the whole thing up. But knowing there was still some guys, about a thousand of them, left in Buffalo, and that's where they were going to launch the United States. They decide they're going to send a ship, the USS Michigan, to patrol so the guys can't cross the river. USS Michigan is going to cruise up and down, make sure these guys can't cross into Canada. we got to stop this invasion. Can't look bad. And it would have worked. But it didn't.
8: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre diabetes awareness partners.
6: You see. Man is fallible. Other men, not me. But man is fallible. In all seriousness. We just are. We have certain things that bring us down. Certain vices that bring us down. It's not an accident. People will use money to get good men to do bad things. They'll use women to get good men to do bad things. Shoot, the Russians were so good at that, they had entire units set up of female spies to get men to do bad things. If you think that has ended, by the way, you have another thing coming that's still done today. And there's yet another thing out there that gets good men to do bad things. And that thing is called alcohol. And the Fenians knew it. Hang on. You see, the USS Michigan only had one man who could pilot the ship. The Fenian Brotherhood knew who this one man was. He was not a member of the Fenian Brotherhood at all. He was there to pilot the USS Michigan and make dang sure these Fenian guys cannot invade Canada. Well, the Fenian Brotherhood, they simply get some dudes together. Invite the old captain out for a night on the town and get the guy absolutely blasted in the bars of Buffalo. So he's non-functional the next day when the Fenians decide to cross the river and invade Canada. <laughs> How great is that? How much trouble? I See, I looked into this a little and I couldn't find it. I'm sure there's a record out there. How much trouble did the did that captain get in for being the guy who allowed the invasion of Canada because he got drunk the night before? Oh man. Whoops. Was that, was that wrong? Mm. Mm-mm. The Canadians shockingly because the first thing i thought was okay well the canadians knew about all this everyone knew about it it was the worst kept secret in the world a thousand dudes it was actually about 800 a thousand dudes cross into canada and the dudes are armed and let's let's clarify something right now it's only 800 guys but these are salty veterans of the civil war these are hardcore fighters it, it was not a ragtag band at all hardcore fighters They cross into Canada, and Canada doesn't have a defense force at the border. They know there's only so many places you can cross and actually accomplish anything. They don't have any defense force. The Canadians had had, you know, a thousand word about they're crossing here, they're crossing there. They'd had a bunch of boy-who-cried-wolf situations, so they just weren't ready. And they tried to scramble and throw together some force— You've got some regular troops in there, but essentially they're caught off guard, which is unbelievable to me because of all the warning they had. They're caught off guard, and they start handing weapons out to these young men, 18, 19-year-old kids, completely untrained. That's the bad news. The good news is they way outnumbered the Fenians. They square off in a battle. The Fenians are outnumbered. They know this, but the Fenians are all smart and all veterans. They do a fake retreat. They then order a charge. Two guys, They only had a couple guys on horseback, the Fenians did. They order a charge into these, this massive group of young Canadians. The Canadians panic. And think that everybody must be on horseback because they see a couple dudes on horseback. They put their formation into some weird formation that's made to fight horses, but not good against men and get absolutely mopped up <laughs> the Fedians win their first battle. Now, the Fedians are not under the impression, as we wrap this thing up here, that they're going to be able to conquer Canada with 800 men. What they're waiting for. What they're waiting for is thousands of reinforcements to come back across the river where they crossed the river. And they've been told the enforcement the, these reinforcements are coming. Except they don't show up. And now they don't know what to do. So they turn around and head back to where they crossed to see where are my reinforcements. They get in another fight. And they win again as they go back. So that's, they're 2 0 oh at this point in time. 2 0. Oh, they get back to the border and find out America has essentially put all these Irish that were there, because there were like 17, 15,000, I think maybe, 15,000 Irishmen in Buffalo at the time. They pretty much put all of them on lockdown. The Feeney and Brotherhood, the Fenian raids, they're called, they pretty much end there as they limp back into America. Now, here's something you need to know. And I want you to remember this because I've been feeling like we all need a healthy dose of perspective recently. Look, there's enough bad news out there. We're going to go over all, but today. But a couple things you need to know. Conflicts between cultures, governments, internal conflicts of a nation to decide the direction of a nation, they're ongoing things. You're never going to wake up one day as somebody who consumes politics for a living, which you're listening to my voice right now. I'm assuming you do. Somebody who consumes politics, maybe not for a living, I shouldn't put it that way, as a hobby. If you don't find a way to enjoy the struggle itself, you should move on and find a new hobby because the day will never ever come where you wake up and, oh, we finally beat them. It's over. The leftists are done, out of power, meaningless. We have run them out of America. That day's never, ever coming. You can work towards that day. You can make huge gains in your life and hopefully their kids in their life and their kids in their life and you can... I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, everything is meaningless. I'm trying to tell you these struggles, struggles go on for centuries and more. How long have the Jews been at odds with the Muslims? And that was not, I mean, I wasn't actually taking a shot at either of them, but these things go on and on and on and on. Struggle is not a temporary thing. Struggle is the thing. The times you don't have it are rare. I know there's bad news out there, and I know right now many of you, because I see my emails, and you're welcome to email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You feel like you've lost Lost this and lost that, and it's tough. You're licking your wounds, and, and this hurts, and that hurts. And look, things seem terrible. But you're going to have a thousand Fenian raids before you get to the one that succeeds. That's the nature of it. That's how it goes. We are not in a great spot right now, culturally, obviously. The system, as I often talk about, the system is cementing its power as we speak. We saw what they did with the Hunter Biden stuff leading up to the election. I've talked about it a thousand times. I'm staring at a headline right here. Durham investigation closing down without indictments. Scared of the Biden blowback. So that one thing you were hanging on to many of you were hanging on to. Yeah, but when it comes out in the end, the system is stacked against you for now. And I'm going to talk about this Durham thing and why I think it's so bad and so dangerous in just a minute. But before I do that, I want you to hear me here. Yeah, stacked against us, no question. And we're going to have a bunch of little battles That we're going to lose. We are. However, find a way to enjoy that struggle or find a new hobby. Hang on. I can tell everything I need to know about a company by how many options they give me. That's how I know. Are you giving me options or are you presenting me with an option? That's why I love CarShield. You see, I go to CarShield. I go into carshield.com, and what do I see? I see a range of plans. My plan doesn't have to be the same as your plan. That would be ridiculous. You know what that would tell me? If there was one plan there or two plans there, it would tell me, I'm paying for the guy whose car is broke all the time. At CarShield, they give me a range of plans. And look, these things, they're even good when you travel. Yeah, you can take it to your favorite mechanic or dealership locally, but if it happens while you're traveling, you choose the repair shop. They'll handle it. Go to CarShield.com carshield.com. Use the code JESSE. That actually saves you 10%. A deductible may apply.
7: Jesse Kelly returns
6: next. I think, I think we are obviously in a tough spot. But here's some more good news. Because this look, this I'll tell you, I, I saw this Durham investigation stuff, and not that it surprised me. You know I'm king cynic around here. But I just thought I did that thing where you shake your head and I'm off. These freaking people, man. Nobody ever gets held accountable. Nobody who's part of the system ever, ever, ever goes down. Only you and I go down. Let's not forget, a 17-year-old kid, after cleaning up his community, he's cleaning up spray paint, grabs a weapon, defends himself from a felony sexual predator trying to take his weapon, and that kid is currently rotting in jail on a murder one beef. And we demonized it. If you even attempt to fight back against what the system wants, they'll destroy you. I mean, look what they did to Donald Trump's presidency. And they, again, this is not one of these Trump worship things. As you know, I've had major problems with him. But from the second he walked in, the State Department, generals, uh, forgetting, forget about the Democrats. Forget about the media. Within the government, everybody and their brother trying to kneecap him, big tech trying to kneecap him, they impeached him, bogged him down with a two-year special prosecutor investigation that cost him the House of Representatives and turned out to be over nothing. And then we all convinced ourselves because there's a, oh, this, uh, Durham is involved now. Durham is one of these guys. He is not afraid. He's not afraid to take on the system. Oh, be serious. Be serious. John Durham is not going to destroy what's left of his lucrative career by going after allies of the president of the United States of America. And actually, it goes well beyond that because you could do that if you went after allies of Donald Trump. John Durham is not going to go after the system. He's just not. You're not going to have some relief. Yeah, Chris just said Flynn's still in jail. You're not going to have some relief from the court system right now. It's going to be a tough four years. You see these wing nuts Biden's already putting in there. It's just... Just no... It's okay. It'll be all right. US Naval Institute, Chris. Gosh, this is so freaking cool. I'm going to be so mad if they do what? I'm going to be so mad if they do this before we do it. North Korea may be training dolphins as part of a maritime program aimed at boosting its naval and military defenses, the United States Naval Institute revealed this week. The USNI identified the potential program initially at the Nampo Naval Base on the country's west coast. The site has previously been used for major naval displays that have become increasingly common under communist dictator Kim Jong-un. The satellite imagery purportedly shows animal pens in the waters between a shipyard and a coal loading pier where the dolphins are trained. USNI believes the pens were relocated in October 2016, possibly to allow space for dolphins to be bred. Well, very few countries, it says, currently have maritime animal military programs due to high costs. The America, America was the first country to pioneer such a program, training dolphins and other mammatory mammals for military purposes. One, I want this to be true so much. I want this to be true. But here's the problem, Chris. There's no way they have the money for this. There's no way they have the money for it. But we do have the money because we have money printing machines. Please tell me we have bombs on dolphins. Why dolphins and why not a whale? Well, who's going to get in the water and put the dolphin on the whale, Chris? That's a good way to die. You would have to use you'd have to use something like killer whales. And I'm, I'm not getting in the water. Did you ever see that uh, documentary what was it called? Uh, Blackfish? There's some documentary out there. It is creepy. Oh, you've got to watch this thing. <sighs> no, it's not a comedy, Chris. You can break away for a moment and watch something that's not a comedy. Anymore. Anyway, there's this comedy out there. I'm pretty sure it's called Blackfish. It was some big anti Sea World propaganda film. So who knows how much of it is 100 percent real and not. But they go through all these cases. Remember something? Everybody remembers something. I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I'm going to because I'm I'm about done with depressing news for the day. Documentaries you watch, they can be and often are manipulated too. You clip this video clip here. They'll do that thing. I know you've seen that thing where they'll show a document on the TV with all the words in it, and then they'll highlight this sentence, and then they'll skip 10 sentences and highlight these three words, and then skip 10 sentences, and and they kind of blur out everything you can't see, and you're like, oh, they're only giving me the relevant parts. No, they're giving you the parts they want you to see and blurring out the parts they don't. And as somebody, I've warned you about this before, I'm always going to as somebody who consumes two to three hours of history information a day to get ready for the next day, hear me here. Just because it's a documentary or a podcast or a history book, don't make it true and doesn't mean it hasn't been horribly slanted to the wants of the author. One of the things I read on the Fenian raids today it was so pro-Fenian raids. And I'm not anti-Fenian raids, but it was so pro-Fenian raids, and the English are essentially the third freaking Reich. And I do a little digging, and it turns out the author is Irish, whole families, Irish, I mean all kinds of history that you just gotta be you gotta be careful with what you consume and how you consume it. So all that said this uh documentary how did i get on this documentary again oh yeah your idiotic idea about the bombs and whales but anyway this documentary blackfish about these animals these these killer whales they had gotten from you know the ocean they captured some of these and I, i'm not going to i'm going to screw up some of the details and sometimes these orcas do not take to captivity, and they started killing trainers, doing really, really ugly, scary stuff. And I mean, one time, it wasn't a trainer, some drunk dude in this, in this uh, tank, they knew this orca had killed multiple people, and he's still being held there. And some drunk dude breaks into SeaWorld at night, talk about the all-time bad luck, and jumps into that enclosure yeah that guy was not alive the next day. Yes, highly highly intelligent, Chris. And the things they would do not I mean like to that guy, I'm not going to go into the details because I know we got a bunch of kids listening, but we're talking about almost seems like sadistic things they would they tore off certain body parts and stuff like that of the guy? Yes, Chris, that's exact that's exactly I'm not talking about his pinky finger. I mean really really sadistic really sadistic things and would do that to the tra- like like maiming them like the real deep-seated anger there ever since I watched that and I know I'm now a victim of propaganda I've been scared of killer whales and they're huge right they're, I mean they're humongous but here's the here's the thing women love killer whales because they're so cute look at the little look at the little eyes at them it's women that get us sucked into these things and then we die because we get eaten by orcas they made some movie. I think it's called Orca after Jaws trying to recreate the Jaws thing. It just didn't work. Alright, this show this show has already gone into the crapper. Hang on. Doctors trusted CBD. You know why I love what they do? One, they've been doing it since 1999. They know about natural solutions, not all this chemical man-made garbage, natural healthcare. And what they did was they researched the entire CBD industry to find the best and highest quality CBD, like B-Best Organics. They test every single batch, not once a year, Every single batch. And look, natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. That's why I have chosen CBD. I want natural solutions, not more chemicals. We don't need more chemicals. Go to doctorstrustedcbd.com. That's doctorstrustedcbd.com. Use the promo code Jesse. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. Joining me now, senior columnist, townhall.com, friend of mine, Kurt Schlichter, former Army Colonel. Kurt, I am told to just shut up and go sit down and there's never been voter fraud ever and just lay down and take it and just let Biden take over so things can quiet down. Kurt, should things just quiet down? Yes, we should be quiet and submissive.
2: We should give in. We should surrender. Certain is comfortable and warm and
6: loving. Mm-hmm. Why won't you just unify? Why do you hate <laughs> unity? <laughs> well, you know, what's funny, Kurt, is they won. As of now, they won. I mean, in their minds, they won. And yet I'm still seeing Trump supporters assaulted repeatedly in the streets. I see leftists screaming, cussing, angry. And I still see all the people on the right relatively happy. Why are they so angry, Kurt?
2: Well, because they're they're, they're bad people for uh, morally, intellectually, and sexually inadequate. Their lives are empty. They're losers. No one will love them, and they know they will die alone.
6: (laughs) All right, Kurt. In all seriousness, where are we in all this stuff? There's so much information out there to unpack way too much and certainly way too much for a non-lawyer like me to unpack. There are challenges in this state, challenges in that state. Do any of these have teeth? Do they not have teeth? What is going on?
2: Well, look, it's it's very complicated. And you know I went out to Nevada to work with the president's team for a little while. Yep, that's uh, uh, probably the toughest of the states. There's various challenges under various theories, and uh, they're just going to get litigated. And, you know, I keep hearing personal evidence. Well, that's a lie. There is evidence. Evidence is anything that proves or tends to prove the matter at issue. Well, there are affidavits, irregularities. Uh, I know because I watched them being taken and Um There are uh, – and there's other evidence as well. So now they, they – so they're already starting off by lying to you. When they tell you there's no evidence, that's a lie. Then they'll smooth the goalpost, and what they'll say is, well, it's not enough evidence, to which my response is, well, you lied to me the first time. Why are you not lying to me now? Okay. Uh, the, the, the simple fact is this uh, – you know, the, I, I think it's pretty clear that, this, uh, uh, that irregularities – and when I say irregularities, that includes fraud. Every irregularity is not fraud, but every fraud is an irregularity. Uh, irregularities in the election probably tossed it to Joe Biden. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, the 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 difficult part's proving it. The difficult part's finding three judges in three different states who are willing to choose the uh, uh, winner of an election, and that's an uphill climb. Uh, no one is as uh, resolutely pessimistic as you uh, about the future, uh, but here you, you kind of have reason to be. This is This is a tough, tough, Road to Ho.
6: Okay, why three judges? What is this three judges in three states thing? What well, does that give gotta, us?
2: Well, you've got to get three states. There are three states to get over two hundred and seventy. So you've got to win one state and turn that over, Georgia or Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Then you gotta do two more. Okay. Are you So it's not gonna be one big case?
6: If if we lose this thing, and I'm not saying we have at all, but if we do lose this thing, Where are you? I mean, look, you've written these great fiction, I guess we can call them, perhaps not. You've written these great books. People need to read Kurt Slinkler's books about, you know, a, a dystopian future of a divided America type thing. Where are you in reality on where we are as a country? I don't want to lose an election and say America's over. I just think we are culturally separated and racing in opposite directions. That's simply where I think we are.
2: Well, I think you're right, and thank you for helping me pimp my book like Huggy Bear. Um, (laughs) My uh, new one, uh, Crisis, comes out on Monday, which everybody should get, and Mm -hmm. I know you'll have me back on to talk about it.
10: You know I will. That's
2: the kind of guy you are. Um, Where are we? Well, okay, we had a reverse. We keep fighting. You know, I I, I mean, there's a difference between the kind of, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be bad, Attitude that a guy like you has because you were a marine, and it always gets worse, right? You know, it's all it could all, the suck can always like get suckier. Mm-hmm. So as military guys, we kind of get that, but it's the it's the folks who are like we're doomed. There's nothing we could do ever. That drives me up the wall. Okay, the Romans lost eighty thousand guys to Hannibal and his elephants at Canai. and then like a year later, they were back with another eighty thousand guys. They just refused to quit. That's what we've got to do. We've got to refuse to quit. And one of the things that you just pointed out, you know, that, that we seem happy, that's that's pretty powerful. When you have morale, we're like, okay, you know, we, if we lose the election, I don't think that's certain, but I, I, I think there's more than 50% chance that Biden will get inaugurated. Um, we, you know, it, it's not over. You don't shrug and go, I guess we're done. I guess it's serfdom. Woo-hoo! I'm gonna put on my gimp costume,
6: when live you, in my box. When you say fight, this is where I'm seeing a lot of a lot of people on the right confused. What exactly should we be fighting for? Is it get to your own state and fight their time? Is it? Is it focus on the federal government, which is bloated and absurd? People feel, understandably, as if the entire system exists to aid the Democratic Party, and they don't know where to fight. They don't know. They want to. They don't know where.
2: Uh, that's a good point, and uh, that's, that's probably going to be my next nonfiction book. Um but there are so many kind of things that you can do, active things, um, uh, uh, just kind of passive things. For instance, I've noticed I haven't watched Fox News in about seven days. Why is that, Kurt? Um, well, because they're screwing with me. So I'm just not going to do it. What I, happened I there? I do it a Scarborough. Well, they you, know, you know, Fox has uh, 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 essentially decided it, it's going to be just like MSNBC, and I think it's interesting. Joe Scarborough now beat its Fox competitor for the first time in 19 years this week. We do have power. Yeah, I know, right? And what a musician Joe Scarborough is, by the way. <laughs> no one rocks like Joe. Do we he, he's like the fog hat a basic cable.
6: Do we understand what the what the thinking was? Everybody with eyes can see a, a left lean of Fox much more than they oh, used yeah. to be. What was oh, the he, thinking he, and who who do, who made that call?
2: It's easy. The son of Rupert Murdoch, who took over, uh, had a leftist wife and he didn't tell her to stop pestering him and instead adopted her politics. Mm. that's what happened. Uh And and you see that a lot. It's always the second wise of these uh, uh, CEOs who get woke.
6: Do the D.C. GOP pundit politician class, do they genuinely not realize what's happening? Or is it they they, they realize that they just want us to shut up and go away? Because I seem to think they look to me. Like, they think this whole icky, you know, Trumpism thing's going to be over when Trump is gone, and yeah. that things will go back to being quiet and really nice and polite, like they were in the old days that never really existed. Which is it, Kurt?
2: Well, the, 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 the problem, Jesse, is that our ruling cast has absolutely no idea uh, about its own people. I mean, they are completely un, uh, uh, unfamiliar with uh, the people of America outside the blue cities. We have the most parochial elite of all time. They just don't understand us. And it continually shocks them when we refuse to submit and give in. But Americans tend not to submit and give in. It's it's, it's kind of funny. I, I mean, I look, I'm all for uh, an opponent who refuses to understand his opponents. That is me. Um. Because that that leads to victory. They didn't see Trump coming. And even if they pull this off, keep in mind, they barely pulled it off. Yeah. You you shipped uh, uh, 65,000 votes across the country, and we'd have uh, President Trump uh, 2.0.
6: Kurt Schlichter, townhall.com. Go read his stuff. Appreciate you, my brother. Thanks, man. See ya. I have some thoughts on... Obama's birth certificate no I'm not going wing nut hang on I have a thought missed out
7: catch up JesseKellyShow.com. wake up and text text
4: and eat Mm -mm. text and catch the bus text and miss your stop
6: talked about the uh, DC GOP pundits and politicians not understanding their base. Let's have an uncomfortable talk because the Democrats are outstanding at understanding their base. Their base is insane. Don't get me wrong. But Democrats understand how to show their base that they're listening And their claims are valid and they care about them. Donald Trump is a Russian agent. Democrats give you a two-year Russian collusion investigation. Impeaching the president. Wildly unpopular in poll after poll after poll. However, the Democrat base, you have to remove him from office. Democrats impeached Donald Trump. Donald Trump was impeached. Democrats are constantly showing their base how much they care, how much they fight for them. The Republican D.C. elite, if that's what you want to call them, they not only don't care what their base wants, they despise their base. They think they are the biggest bunch of idiots in the world. And look, sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. But in general, the D.C. Republican politician pundit circuit, look at you and look at I as these, uh, these uneducated rubes. I guess we're going to have to try to school them up again on how things really work here. Uh, allow me to tell you how we do it in the beltway. Obama's birth certificate. You remember that whole thing? When Obama got elected, radically, radically left president. Obviously, it was covered up by the media, but radically left president. People were scared. He's passing these radical things like Obamacare. And when things happen like that, people go searching for solutions. And uh, look, as the saying goes, anything that floats in the ocean when when you're stuck in the water will work just fine. And it got floated out there. I have no idea how it began. That Barack Obama was not born in America, that he was—I think it was in Kenya, if I remember right. I'm sorry, I haven't done this in a long time. That he was born in Kenya. I'm not going into that whole theory and all that stuff today. I'm not. What I am saying is this: you can't find another thing during the Obama presidency. That was more universally mocked by every single person on the left and on the right who lived, worked, and worshipped within the D.C., New York City area. They all thought that was the dumbest thing in the world. It's idiotic. This is insane. You're a wingnut idiot conspiracy theorist. You should be laughed out of any room. You suck. Who is this idiot? I'm so embarrassed. He's on my side. I ran for office during that time. I ran for Congress twice in Arizona. Gabrielle Giffords, the one who got shot in the head, I was her Republican opponent. And then after that, I ran in the special election. So I was running for Congress in the heat of all this Tea Party stuff, birth certificate stuff. And one of the things, one of the the first guys I got to know When I was running for Congress, his name is John. I'm not going to use his last name because I don't have permission. I didn't talk to him before this. He told me right when I started off, you're going to be asked all the time about the birth certificate thing. I don't care how you answer. You always be your own man, which I know you will anyway. But you need to understand this: put down the uh, put down the online right wing magazines, put away the blogs, get off social media. He said, I'm telling you right now, at least half the people in every room you're in are going to believe Donald or are going to believe that Barack Obama was born in Kenya and is a foreign president of the United States of America. He said, you can believe them. You can mock them. You can do whatever you want, but you better do it in private because half the GOP base, not 10%. And I laughed at him. I was like, get serious. It can't be half. He said half at least believe it to be true and i believe that number still stands to this day i got out there on the campaign trail and when you're out there campaigning you go to all kinds of events believe me it's not fancy you're going to 10 man precinct committee committee meetings little pancake breakfasts rotary club speeches you're giving to you're you're in the most non fancy things humanly possible was selling it short. People believed it. There remains, and I believe this to be true, 100%, there remains this humongous geography divide in the United States of America. We are geographically, shockingly different. More different than we've ever been. There's always been a difference between city people and rural people and that way of thinking. The mentality is just different. And I'm not saying one's better, one's one's not. But right now, that divide has gotten too big. I'll tell you what. Hang on.
8: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
6: Your environment. Has such a strong influence on you. We've talked about this extensively. You think you're going to go change the environment where you are. Maybe that's slightly true. But the environment is going to change you. It is. It happens. Mentalities are different. And what we see now is with the entire system centralized in DC, the Republicans. The pundits and the politicians simply can't see anything outside of it. They don't see how real people live. its I don't believe it's malicious most of the time. They just don't see. They can't see. They got blinders on. And this worries me. And I'll tell you why this worries me. You see, hang on, I'll explain
7: Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
6: Speaking of the Dolphins, Chris. What? I can keep talking about the dolphins. It's nothing but bad news out here right now. I can talk about the dolphins. Look, let me clarify something for everybody. Jewish producer Chris included. It looks like we're going to have four years of Biden's presidency. It's going to be four years of this new insane Democrat party just absolutely tearing through everything you and I care about like a blowtorch through butter. And we are going to talk about it on the show. And I'm going to have times where I'm going to get mad too. And I'm going to have days where I'll be all, this really sucks. I'm going to have these days. But let me be real clear for everybody. Because I know we have a bunch of new listeners all the time. I'm not going to be make you feel like crap show. There's enough out there to make you feel like crap. We are going to laugh on this show. I'm going to talk about stupid off-the-wall stuff, on top of politics, on top of history, for me and for you. You can read through these headlines. I'm staring at all of them right now. You can read through these headlines and in 10 minutes be down in the freaking dumps. And then what happens is, and this is certainly not an insult to anybody. You've never heard me do that on this show As far as other people in my industry, and you never will. I I hate all the jealousy and stuff like that in this whole showbiz thing, TV and radio. Ah, this guy sucks. I hate this guy. This guy, I I think it's terrible. Who? I hope everybody succeeds. Go, go get a new contract. Make it happen, brother. Rooting for you. No big deal. But I don't do scream into the microphone all day about how the world's going to end. And I also don't do the, oh, man, the shoe's about to drop on the Democrats because I don't want to feed you a line of crap. That's part of what's bothered me about many people. For four years, we're being told at, at, at every turn, uh-oh, they're in deep trouble when this report comes out. We had a, a Jack Dorsey, the Facebook and, and Twitter guys are once again being forced to testify at the Senate today about all the election stuff they're doing and all the censoring they're doing. And people get excited about this stuff now. And look, that stuff's fine, but don't sit here and sell me on another Senate hearing that you're going to tell me is going to be an actual solution. You had four years, Republican president, Republican Senate. You had two years Of Republican President, Senate, and House. And you did nothing to these guys now. So I'm also not going to, while we're going to play the audio of some of the great stuff and we'll talk about it, I'm not going to sit and celebrate over the next four years whenever we have yet another Senate show trial that makes you and I cheer. Oh man, he really got him. What did you do when you had the power to do something? Now, all that was a long way of saying, if Joe Biden's president for four years, and it looks like he's going to be, you don't need me to bring you down for three hours a day. I don't need me to bring me down for three hours a day. Bad news ain't hard to find. And we're going to talk about the bad news too on this show, but we are just going to flat out break away and talk about idiocy at various points on this show, we have always, we always will and I ain't ever going to apologize for it. So 8773774373 8773774373 or you can email me Jesse at jessekellyshow.com, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Here's the ultimate question. you're welcome to call in. you're welcome to email. which animal would you like your military to train? you're going into battle, which animal would you want? but it has to be hear me out here, there's a qualification to this. It has to be remotely believable that you could train this animal because otherwise you would I mean honestly people would pick something like I'd want lions Is really what you would want? Oh no Chris you're you're not thinking about this. you know what you would want? You'd want something like hornets or something like that. Yes, yes, you would, buddy. You could destroy people with sw- killer bees if you could aim killer bees at t- You would ruin the whole army. You would, you would end, you would end the war. What? What? Chimps wouldn't be bad, but I don't think chimps are fast enough. If you have chimps, you might as well have people. Uh, what does a chimp offer you besides some obvious strength advantages? What does a chimp offer you that a person doesn't offer you? It's stu. It's dumber. It doesn't think about its own mortality. You're an idiot. Of course it does. These are these are more intelligent animals. Do you think a chimp has the IQ of an ant? That's not true. The animals try for their own survival. Chimps are like these family. Th- Do you know nothing about animals? Chimps have these family environments. They look out for each other. There's a hierarchy. How did you come up with the lamest answer ever? Chimps. And I don't even think they're that fast. Look up how fast a chimp can run. So what is a chimp going to offer me? He's not fast. He's not intelligent. Oh, good. He has hands. Well, I have hands. If I want something as dumb as a chimp, I didn't say I was going to train bees. There's no need to attack my choice. I said the answer to the question has to be something remotely trainable. Otherwise, I would pick something like killer bees. I would. Or or, or Asian murder hornets or something. Have you seen those things? They're huge. Couldn't we drop them like a bomb? It's funny you should bring that up. The Japanese in World War II... Now, see, I'm going to mess this up because I can't remember if they're gnats or fleas. I want to say they were fleas. The Japanese in World War II had a bunch of fleas. They put bubonic plague on a bunch of fleas. It may have been gnats, though. So don't – kids, if you're listening, understand this. I'm doing this on the fly. So I don't remember exactly. I think it was fleas, though. Got bubonic plague on a bunch of fleas and tried to uh, drop them in droves on the Chinese. But you still couldn't do that, Chris, because eventually they're going to turn around and attack you. Anyway, you're defeating the purpose of this entire exercise. Why are you doing this? What's the animal, the relative, it's relatively believable that you can train this animal that you would want on your side? And I thought of this because Chris and I were talking off air about the war dogs. And we don't, I mean, we obviously, you know about the war dogs because of the hunt down of, of, of uh, al-Baghdadi when we hunted him down in the cave and they sent the dog down there and the guy blew himself and his kids up. I mean, gosh, what a scumbag. Blew himself and his kids up. And you know how much our military and our police force use dogs for various things. But we don't use them like they've always been used. Remember this. The Spanish conquistadors... When they were conquering the Aztecs, they had these humongous, I'm talking over a hundred pound armored war dogs that were trained to eat you. And the Aztecs, the indigenous people uh, of Mexico, were understandably horrified by these things. I mean, horrified because dogs, part of what makes dogs so terrifying. Is, I'm talking about war dogs. Part of what makes war dogs so terrifying, or even like anything, dingoes, wolves, they're not like cats where they'll go for the jugular trying to kill you quickly. A dog just tries to eat you. And whatever part of you presents itself to the dog, the dog eats it. There is, obviously, as you know, there are executions by dog in North Korea. Hang on. This got darker than I wanted. Dang it. All right, hang on. I'll explain what I mean.
7: Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly
6: Show. You don't think you need an auto protection plan until you need an auto protection plan. I'm not telling you this as a lecture. I'm telling you this as somebody with the experience of getting burned. I had a breakdown. I did not have an auto protection plan. I've told this story before on the radio. I had been saving up and saving up and saving up and saving up for vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to go on that vacation because I had to spend every single dime repairing my car. The truth is they only make two kinds of cars in this world, ones that have had problems and ones that will. Go to carshield.com and buy an auto protection plan today. I don't care what one you buy. Go get some kind of plan so you don't get financially broken when something happens. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Don't forget, use the promo code JESSE. That saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. dig into this here. Elephants were overrated. Let's be honest. No, I, I. before you start sending me nasty grams about Hannibal, I'm not pretending as if I know more about combat than Hannibal, but realize this when it comes to the elephants, the elephants actually had a designated man. They, they had to wear something on their head with a spike pointed down at a specific spot on the elephant's head, and they had a man riding on the back of the elephant whose sole job was to hammer that spike down into the elephant's brain to kill it. Why would you have something like that on your own elephants? Because they're so skittish, elephants will scare easily. The Romans figured out you could put pitch on pigs and light them on fire and it would scare the elephants to death which gosh I would love to see that but the elephants were so skittish they would freak out and turn around and stomp your own guys however what about the rhinoceros Chris what if you had a whole herd of rhinos I'm not talking about Mitt Romney what if you had a whole her- – why are you shaking your head? They have a spike, and they're like 5,000 pounds or something. They can't see? Ah, oh, dang it. Okay, well, that's going to hurt us. But here's the thing. I'm assuming they're not s- that stupid. I'm assuming we're in the, the cow range. I realize cows are kind of dumb, but surely they they could be trainable – Almost like a dog, maybe not quite, but they could be, they wouldn't turn on us, right? Right? Oh, man, they'll attack their own because of bad eyesight? Crap. What about eagles? Tell me this wouldn't be cool. I think we just nailed it. What if you had? flocks in flocks of eagles, and I mean the big ones, not ravens. Ravens are small. I mean, I need the claws, man. These are war animals, Chris. We're not picking up crackers off the sidewalk. We're not, we don't want ravens. I realize you can't defend against a thousand ravens, but I want something that can hurt somebody. But hear me out, too. Ruin it. Hear me out, an entire flock of eagles with the talons. Eagles are, they have obviously great eyesight. If you could train them, and you can train them to come back. They have the huge, oh yeah, harpy eagles, those things. Have you ever seen the harpy eagles eating monkeys? I'm pretty sure you can, no, I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure you can YouTube uh, YouTube this. They eat those little monkeys out of the trees. I think it's down in the Amazon if I remember right. And there's, there's videos of it out there online, these harpy eagles, and they'll just swoop down and, wham, just grab monkeys out of the tree. These things are sweet. <laughs> so I vote, I think I vote eagles. I think I vote eagles, definitely. Headline, Biden transition official believes the First Amendment has a design flaw. His remedy is to curb free speech. Of course it is. Richard Stengel, according to the New York Post, Is the Biden transition team lead for the U.S. Agency for Global Media, the U.S. government media empire that includes Voice of America, Middle East Broadcasting Networks, and Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. He is also, this is, by the way, according to pjmedia.com. He is also a menace to our constitutional protections and to a free society in general. If he is any indication of what's coming, we are in for a rough four years or longer. Stengel, that's the dude, wrote last year in a Washington Post op-ed that the freedom of speech must be restricted for, quote, all speech is not equal. And where truth cannot drive out lies, we must add new guardrails. I'm all for protecting thought thought that we had hate, but not speech that incites hate, end quote. You notice how... You're not supposed to ever talk about comparing Democrats to communists, comparing Democrats to socialists. But let me ask you something, just just ask, just putting it out there. Why do they use the same language? Why does the vice presidential debate get played in China? only they only play Kamala Harris and not not Mike Pence. When the betting odds on election night went 76% that Donald Trump was going to win the election, why did the Chinese currency drop like a stone in value and then when we all woke up the next morning, miraculously Joe Biden was ahead the Chinese currency rocketed back up in value. I'm just asking the questions here. Why do they all talk the same? Why do they all want the same things? And realize this, because the media is certainly not going to tell you the truth about this. It's always now. Now racism is used to do everything. The commies have always wanted It's always stop hate. Well, we have to stop hate. Every single restriction of free speech in history was sold as something nice. And I mean every single one. We brought up Pol Pot earlier and the things you weren't allowed to say. Mao was famous for this. Stalin, of course, no surprise. All All the bad guys, all of them. They didn't get there and say, you can't say this because I'm an evil dictator and that's what I want. It's always 100% of the time sold as something that protects the people. It's so look, it's for your own good. Well, no, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I'm all for free speech, but whoa, not that kind of free speech. That might incite hate. We can't can't risk that. No, yes, no, you say what you want. This is America. We're free. Just, Just don't say this or you're going to jail. It's always sold like that. The language they use now is not in any way different than the language used by people like Pol Pot. It's not. I'm not trying to even be radical or mean. They say the same things. And we have, look, all these dystopian things we say could come. They're happening in other parts of the Western world. This is a headline. Scottish hate crime bill could criminalize inflammatory Bible. That's from Breitbart.com. They're going to find a way. To stop you from voicing things they don't want to hear, things they don't want other people to hear. And I know they're going to do that, not because I'm here telling you they're all evil people or something like that. They're going to find a way to do it because that's all they know. That's all. They know, can you name me one, name me one national Democrat with the exception of hot Tulsi Gabbard who has come out against censorship by the big tech companies. Name me one. Why can't you name me one? Why? You know why you can't because they know it all helps them. Hang on. I love CBD. And look, it's the hot thing out there right now because it's natural. So people are flocking to it, wanting to try it, because people, understandably, myself included, want natural solutions, not more man-made chemicals in our body, not something new from the big pharmaceutical company, natural solutions. So I love that people are interested in CBD. I love CBD. Uh, People use CBD for a variety of reasons. But let me clarify something. All CBD is not the same. All full spectrum, CBD's not the same. Lip balms, creams, they're not the same. Doctors Trusted CBD, they went out and found the best products, and that's what they sell. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Joining me now, former Air Force PJ, host of World News with BK. BK, what is the animal you wish the military could train for war? No dogs, no elephants, something cool. North Korea's training dolphins. (laughs) Jewish producer Chris said chimps, which I thought was the lamest answer ever. I said rhinos or eagles. What's yours?
11: I like the rhino. Thank um, you. I'm thinking t- tigers or grizzly bears.
10: Oh. Um,
11: grizzly grizzly bears would be cool because also, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get one as a service animal as well. The <laughs> VA. Yeah, they're not they're not listening. They're not responding to my phone calls so far. But uh, I would love to have a few friggin. Grizzly bears on the front lines, dude. You charge up, you you slice through some uh, Taliban terrorists, then you can go home and uh, you could chill and cuddle around the fire with your bear. What's not to love?
6: I love it, and they're so big we could ride them. Like you could ride them off the battlefield. Hey, man, my oh, knees busted. Massive. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like I like I grizzly it. bears. I think we could do. I think we could do this. Absolutely. Are there yeah, enough
11: of them? Yeah. No, uh, maybe that might be a problem. Although. <laughs> I think I recently did an article on the podcast where, you know, they're trying to reintroduce grizzlies around the Yellowstone area. So I think they're, they're like coming off the danger, endangered species list. Like they're having hunts now again. Okay. So that to me says we, that to me says we have enough of, them. let's start training those bad boys, get oh, them in there. Oh
6: man, let's do it. Can you imagine you just those, sending the, a few grizzlies <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, down the Taliban cave? Hey, we're not even going in. We're going to wait for them to come out.
11: Yeah. That's right. Or they might not come out. Who
6: cares? Did you see that story? This is from a long time ago. I don't know how I'm getting sidetracked on this, of this SAS dude who gets caught up in some dark tunnel in Afghanistan and got separated from his guys and killed. I think it was three. It may have been five Taliban dudes with a hammer and came out of there with five hammer kills. You
11: know what? It's, I've seen a few of those stories and some of them come from the British tabloid. So I'm not <laughs> sure how much, how much, how accurate they are. However, even a, a hammer kill would be dope. I know guys who've gotten some knife kills, which are pretty epic. I think you should have a ribbon for that. Oh, you know, if you have a, a knife kill on your uniform. I think that that's a ribbon that we should introduce in the U.S. military for
6: sure. 100 percent. Gosh, that's sweet. But, you know, in this day and age. Somebody would dump all over it as being too mean or something.
11: Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I see. I, I was. I was uh, pooping on. I see. My man Dan Crenshaw this morning is getting ratioed on Twitter for talking about how we need to stay in Afghanistan longer and that withdrawing all the troops is like this huge mistake. And I mean, I love Dan to death, but bro. Read the room, Dan. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Uh, talk about the talk about the one issue that unites liberals and conservatives in <laughs> the United States. Like the one thing I think everybody can agree on is that <laughs> Afghanistan is a hopeless pit of despair that will never, ever, ever, Dan Crenshaw, turn around and be anything worth the United States having troops in. That's just my opinion on it.
6: BK, you were there. I was not. What is the culture or cultures of Afghanistan? What is it? Explain it to people who've never stepped foot there.
11: I I don't know. It's like a, I mean, how do you even start, man? It's like, in some ways, it's a death culture. In some ways, it's primitive. It's religious. It's a lot of things that the U.S. isn't, and they do things their own way, and it's here's here's where I always come back from a Jesse like to Dan Crenshaw if I could have him in a room right now because this is the number one this is the only argument these neoconservatives or whatever you want to call them have they keep telling me BK we've got to fight the terrorists over there so we don't have to fight them here right that's pretty much their only argument that kind of stands up logically to which I say uh, hey, what, what, why are we spending these billions and billions of dollars then on Department of Homeland Security? It's not that hard to keep crazed Afghani terrorists out of the United States. They're a country <laughs> thousands of miles away, Jesse. How hard can it be? It can't be that hard. Why Come on. I'm, why, I'm tired why, of hearing about that.
6: Why can't we do it? Then? Why, what is wrong at, at, at its core? What's wrong with our immigration system? Why, why can't we get it done right?
11: Well, I don't know. We have, we have Joe Biden. For, you know, the one thing that if you – whether you love the guy or hate him, I think one thing Trump was sort of effective at was cutting down the massive illegal immigration problems we had. That's undisputable, even if you hate the guy. The numbers show it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing – and Joe Biden has already promised to reverse pretty much everything he's done, including making people wait in Mexico while their asylum – big air quotes here – cases go through the american judicial system joe biden says no that's not good enough for me i'm just going to open the floodgates so he's going to undo everything and we're going to have rampant illegal immigration and then we're all going to sit around and scratch our heads wondering how arizona went from deep red to blue in the matter of what 15 years and we're going to sit around wondering why texas who voted for george w bush by like something like 16 points uh, voted for Trump in this last election only by, like, four or five. And, you know, Jesse, I hate to say it because I know that's your home base, but Texas is going to go. It's only a matter of time, unless, as I postulated on the podcast, the Latinos save us from the white liberals, which I think they are going to do. I think the right-wing Latinos are going to rise up and save the, save America from the crazed white liberals who are too far gone. They're, they're done. I hope they do. Gone, I hope they do. The Latinos are going to save
6: us. I hope they do. Latinos are so grossly overrated. And I don't just say that because like half my friends are Latinos. One, their food is incredible. Two, their dudes yeah. have the general right idea about masculinity. Three, the chicks are all hot and can cook. Completely underrated. I don't have any white liberal friends. I have tons of Latino friends.
11: Yeah, and you know what? If you look at, I went over pretty meticulously, Jesse, some of the shifts especially in Hidalgo County in Texas, I went I really got deep diving with nerd nerding out with the statistics. And you see the massive shift of those heavily Latino districts along the Texas border going towards Trump. I mean, Hillary Clinton won some of those counties by like 40, 50 percent. And Trump barely lost those counties. So you're talking like a swing of like 45 to 50 percent towards Trump. So hopefully that trend continues. Latinos, don't like massive waves of illegal aliens any more than anybody else does. So I think we need to keep that America first going and that message going.
6: Is this going to be, I mean, people are are citing all over the place, Donald Trump's gains with black men, Donald Trump's gains in the, in the Latino community how much of this is transferable when there's no more mm. Trump? Because I see I see all these yeah, DC nerd clip. types talking about, well, it's because of the employment number and things like that. Wow. I think people mistake that for being a real personality thing. Those yes, he, he was appealing to them.
11: A hundred percent, Jesse. I, I, I wondered aloud the same thing. How much of this is going to outlast Trump? I mean, do you think people are going to stay in line for three nights to go to a stadium rally for Mike Pence? For mm. Mitt Romney, you think that's gonna happen? I really doubt it I mean people were drawn by to Trump it, again love him or hate him he's uh, he, but he's got that you know machismo big man in charge thing and, and a lot of guys are drawn to that so how much of that is going to transfer over you know tellingly the only group he did he, he lost in as compared to 2016 were white people you know white males voted for him less than they had in 2016 every other Uh, group, especially male, voted for him in increased numbers. So I don't see it being transferred over. I think Trump was a singular and unique character. And I don't think we're going to have a guy like that again, unfortunately.
6: BK, I wonder, do you have time to stay over and do one more today? I think we have missed a humongous thing we should talk about today. We really missed the poisonous animal option. And I think think we possibly missed something big there. (laughs) Can you you stay over? Yeah, let's...
11: Yeah,
6: let's go for it. 10 We'll be right back. And uh, I have some poisonous animals in mind.
7: I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
3: Visit AdoptUSKids.org.
5: Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this
6: time, you are now free to use your cellular devices.
4: You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel.
5: Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
6: I think BK and I have... Undersold the poison factor for intimidation alone. Poison scares people. Even even snakes and spiders that are slightly poisonous, it scares people uniquely. Uh, did we miss out on the poison animal in some way, BK?
11: Yeah, I think we did. But it's it's also hard to control. You know, I mean, God forbid you're uh, you know you're loading up the secret uh, poison border. And it, and it explodes, and it goes all over you and your troops, and you all, like, die there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, poison freaks me out, too.
6: Yeah, me too. I, I think we could drop snakes, but I worry the snakes would die on impact. I bet we could drop spiders. Think how horrifying you know a, a plane full of Brazilian wandering spiders would be, even if they didn't get anybody. And they probably wouldn't. They'd probably all run away terrified, too. I mean, The opposing troops would be done.
11: Yeah, that you know the the most poisonous thing, of course, is sea life. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I can't really think of a practical application for that Dang beyond it. distilling their poison and like you know aerosol spraying <laughs> it by drone like all over those caves and stuff like that. But I'm thinking like you know we take we get like the box jellyfish.
10: Ooh. Uh, and yes. Yeah,
11: yeah, yeah. Those those are no good. Those can cause you to collapse and die as quickly as like three three minutes. Jesse, we're they, talking. They so, can. Um,
6: what is this? Is it there a stone? F- I, I want to say it's called stonefish, but I may have this wrong. I think it's Australia because everything horrific is Australia that hurts so yeah. bad because they sting your feet that people routinely ask to have their foot amputated after they've been stung.
11: Yeah, that is. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I did have to Google that really quick, but I remember this <laughs> is one of the fishes at dive school because we had a whole day where we talked about all the things in the ocean where that could kill us easily. Oh. And yeah, and yeah, the stonefish. It's one of the most venomous fish in the world, and can, stings can cause death if not treated. And that happens most of the time at, when people step on it, and it forces the venom into the foot. And they can occur just along the beach as well, not just in the water, dude. This, this fish can survive out of the water for up to 24 hours. What? So like, Yeah, you could be walking on the beach, and this thing could sting you right in the foot, and like, just then you're done.
6: What is what's the military? Because I know you're one of these super uh, ninja types. What is the military technique? In all seriousness, for things like jellyfish, you run into them, sharks. What what do they tell you about that? Do they tell you anything? Do they tell you just pray you don't find one?
11: Well, it's um, it kind of depends. I mean, most you you know as well as I do that most jellyfish are not going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, but you know, most of the time, with as far as first aid. For stings, it's a lot of, definitely, it's a lot of irrigation. Uh, You've probably heard the fact that, you know, you're supposed to pee on the jellyfish sting. Uh, That's like an old wives' tale. There's actually no scientific evidence that urine or any of those things actually, uh, you know, disable further stinging. Um, So what they kind of do, and and don't pour your booze on it either. You might as well drink the booze. You're just going to waste it. Uh, Basically, what they do is try to take the tentacles off because they sting to you. And they just try to like flush the wound with like water or vinegar. There's some there's some anecdotal evidence that vinegar kind of works. But other than that, you know, it's kind of on you, Jesse. That's why we maintain that jacked and tanned lifestyle where we fight off on not only viruses, but box jellyfish things. That's why I walk around. Do you think I like walking around with a six pack, Jesse, with the <laughs> abs veins coming down <laughs> into my groin? Like really, you know, do you think I like walking around with hands, <laughs> these Shoulders, the shoulders like bowling balls, Jesse? Do you think I like this? I don't. I wanna be a fat slob. I'm trying to ward off diseases and box jellyfish here, for God's sake.
6: I wanna go now. His his podcast <laughs> is World <laughs> News with BK. Check it out. I appreciate you, my man.
11: Thanks. thank you, Jesse.
6: Somebody brought up a platypus. What an unfortunate! You, have you never seen a platypus, Chris? What an unfortunate creature there! You know, sometimes, and I wonder this sometimes. Please don't strike me down, Lord. I wonder sometimes when God was making all these animals, if He didn't just throw one together just for the gig, just for the laugh. Just like I wonder if I could make this rodent. And throw a duck bill on the rodent. Yeah. And yes, they're poisonous. Oh, and by the way, I'll give it a poisonous stinger. Just, well, you know, I've got some crap left over. Let me just throw it all on one animal. <laughs> well, this didn't go well. I had a bunch of other stuff I wanted to get to, Chris. Some high level stuff. I mean, look, there was some high level stuff talked about today. If you missed the history segment or any part of the show, History segment was cool today. We invaded Canada, kind of. I mean, does it count as us invading Canada again, Chris? It's really the Irish. I mean, but I think by this point, by this point, we probably have to take responsibility. Probably not. don't want to blame too much on the Irish anyway. But if you missed that really cool story, our high-level conversations about animals, anything else, the whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. As you know, I read those on the air. One, they're pants wetting funny. Two, management despises it, and I still won't stop. And three, it really, really is funny. It just uh, as a on the macro level, That we have like 300 comments all talking about how handsome I am for a radio show. It's so stupid. (laughs) Uh, Hang on. Chris. I've never done this before on the show. I'm considering giving away the history story we're gonna talk about tomorrow. That's how cool it is. I'm so excited about it that I'm thinking about telling people right now just so they can just so they can lay awake tonight, Chris, in anticipation. What? So they can lay awake and dream about me and Jesse and man, he's gonna entertain me tomorrow, and it'll be great to be awesome alright alright I'll give you a hint wait no I can't do that I can't give hints out on the show I can't no I can't it wouldn't be right it wouldn't be right because then you're just a tease and you don't want to deliver I'll just put it to you this way buckle up for tomorrow's show it may even be you know I don't know till I get into it it may be a two part epic oh yeah you know I love the two part epics Chris hates them That's all. Until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me. On top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE.
3: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a BnB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia movement that
1: inspires call 800 334 q for details always drive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever
4: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
5: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
4: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.